was a disgusting act by Randy Moss. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Curry, way downtown. How are you today? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, a lot of sports going on. Uh, yeah. It's the best time of the year when all four major uh, pro sports are going on at the same time. So Indeed. a lot to watch. Braden, did you have a good Halloween weekend? Uh, it was pretty fun, yeah. Would you, yeah. you go as? Yeah. I was uh, Cal Naughton Jr. from Talladega Nights, if anybody out there has seen that movie, no which one? I'm sure most of you have. No one, what were you? I wasn't anything. I'm boring. Boo. What were you, Chris? I, I went as two different... Uh, uh, had two different costumes. First one was Wilderness Michael Scott. If you remember the episode where uh, Dwight drops him off in the middle of nowhere and he cuts his suit down and then tapes it back to his legs. That was uh, Friday. And then yesterday I went as Dipper Pines from Gravity Falls. Let's go. Nice. So, yeah. Also, uh, everybody, make sure to go check us out on social media. If you want to see Braden and his Cal Naughton Jr., Halloween Are you costume. posting a picture of me? Okay. We may we may be doing that next That's a good week. Show. I like that so, idea. Yeah. Feel free, go give us a follow, and uh, let's let's get into it today, shall yeah, we? Yeah. Without further ado, as tradition, these last couple uh, weeks, we have been doing awards, and starting off today, we have the one, the we won, but at what cost award, and that would of course be going to. The Minnesota Vikings. My Minnesota Vikings. Mm. We played a great game all around, I thought. I thought um, we looked really good. And that was until we had a third and, I want to say, 14, where Kirk Cousins uh, was in the pocket, uh, tried to evade, and he went down with a non-contact injury. Turns out he ruptured his right Achilles and... uh, Unfortunately, we'll be out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, over these past couple of weeks, really ever since the season started on radio, I've been mentioning how, um, you know, a- after starting 0-4, was it 0-3? No, sorry. 0-3. 0-3. Yep. That, uh, you know, tank. You know, don't, don't do anything dumb. Don't try and get back in the season. And I really felt that way until last Monday. Excuse me. Until the Minnesota Vikings took down the 49ers. Obviously, the 49ers uh, were not at full strength, but Vikings looked good. It looked like they had really um, figured everything out. Their defense looked good. Cam Bynum, shout out him. He was awesome. He's awesome today again. Um, and then going into Green Bay, we were underdogs to open. I don't know what the closing line was. It was. Uh, I don't know Vikings, why they were underdogs. Vikings plus one and a half. Okay, so point and a half underdogs. Going to Lambeau and really shut down the Packers, uh, as Nolan and Braden will rant in a little bit. Uh, We didn't let the Packers get a first down until just over halfway through the second quarter, which that just doesn't happen in the in the NFL. Um, Uh, Oh, you know you're going to talk about Kirk a little bit more here, but uh, a bright spot for the Vikings yet is that Addison got another touchdown. 
And I know before this game, he had six, which was the most by a rookie since Randy Moss for the Vikings, which is crazy that J.J. didn't even get that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's going to continue to be a pretty good player for the Vikings, I feel. Yeah, no, for sure. There's definitely bright spots all around today. I was feeling good, much better about our defense. Our defensive line just shut down the run today. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, when you watch A.J. Dillon week after week, it's obvious that he doesn't have lateral movement. But when you have as good of a defensive line as the Vikings had today, it makes it almost impossible. Especially, uh, let's highlight a little bit, the Packers were first in goal, I believe, on the two. And the Vikings stymied them until fourth down when they finally decided to throw the ball where J-Love threw a touchdown to Romeo Dobbs. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the D-line looked yeah, amazing. D-line looked good today. The Their offensive line last week against, you know, debatedly... Uh, the best defensive line in football with uh, Nick Bosa uh, just absolutely shut him down. Derrissaw and O'Neal have been lights out the last couple of weeks, and that was no different today where um, I don't know off the top of my head how many sacks were allowed, but it was definitely um, you know manageable where the O-line did their job today. They looked really good. Um, I, I, I know this is typical Vikings fashion, The Vikings allowed three sacks today. Okay. And one of those may have been while uh, um, I'm blanking on his name, Uh, the BYU rookie quarterback. Yep. uh, Jalen. Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall. Thank you. Yep. Uh, When he was under center. But I thought everything looked good today. Obviously, against the Packers, you kind of have to throw out the record books with both teams. Definitely. Also, crazy stat I saw. Uh, where this was the first time the Vikings and Packers uh, were playing against each other, and they both had losing records since 2004. Wow. Jeez. So uh, pretty crazy, but, um, you know, f- feeling good about everything, and then obviously the Kirk injury happens. Uh, we are currently in a playoff spot, surprisingly, uh, after how terrible our season started. Um, but now I really don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, I feel for Kirk. You know, he has not been the reason that we've been losing games. He's been tremendous. Um, you know, nothing but a team player, nothing but a guy that everyone speaks highly of in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's I, I I want the best for this team, and you know, talking with friends after it, I don't know what to go, where to go from here because obviously. I've been saying, you know, tank, 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 you know, reload. And even if we, you know, go with what we got, we're not going to be good. Um, Kirk is by far the best option we have. Um, You know, I want this team to win games because we look good everywhere else. But it's also um, sad to know that we really, there's no right direction to go from here. Yeah, I mean... Sadly, there's a day and a half left until the trade deadline, and with Kirk becoming injured, it kind of forces your hand to go one way or another. I honestly think that the worst thing for the Vikings to do right now is just do nothing. Okay. Um, well, I mean, you could see how Hall is for the rest of the year, but well, I guess you I mean, you would like to have a couple weeks before the trade deadline that this would have happened to see maybe if you needed a trade for a quarterback. Sure. But I don't know who's out there to go get. Yeah, exactly, and it's— if we, let's say, I don't even know off the top of my head, but if there's a quarterback that 
you know, we spend a third or fourth round pick on, what's that going to do? Maybe get us to the playoffs and then get a worse draft pick. Um, and this quarterback draft is so loaded yeah. that it almost doesn't matter. But if you, but don't I don't win games I, either. I'm like, not even saying. I'm so, not. I'm not saying I want a new quarterback. I know. No, that's I, know. What I mentioned. So my perspective on this is, there is only a day and a half left. I mean, Hall only threw for four passes and it was 23 yards. But either you stick with him this whole year, and if he's good, that's great. Then you don't need to look for a quarterback, and you can um, find options elsewhere in the draft for what you need to improve on. And if he's not good, well, guess what? It's a great quarterback draft, so you can find a new option there if you don't want to trade for somebody. This is what I've been thinking, and obviously it's only been three, four hours since uh, the injury happened. But just off the top of my head, you know, if we get Kirk back on a discount, that's not going to be the worst thing. We have shown signs in these last couple of weeks that we can actually play when everyone's on the same page and, um, you know, there's a little bit more experience and familiarity. I was really down on the coaching staff. I thought they've had two great schemes the last couple of weeks. I uh, thought the defense looked much better. Um, and obviously, as I mentioned, Kirk has not been the problem. If we bring Kirk back on a discounted price, obviously he's up there in age. We don't know how he's going to recover because he has a long journey ahead. Um, you know, I I don't think a new quarterback right now is the answer. I don't sure. think a rookie quarterback is the answer. Um, you know, you're you're hurting yourself if you bring in a new guy and you just get a worse draft pick. Um, but then if we put in Jared, uh, Jaron Hall these last couple of weeks from Nick Mullins and it's just ugly football. Then oh, geez, Nick Mullins is the other option. Yeah, well, and he was out today, uh, illness because he's been our backup technically. So, um, well, I'm sorry. What were you gonna say? It, I, I mean, I say we just stick with Jaron Hall and see what happens. I know it's not a fun outcome. Um, you know, these last couple wins really won't mean anything then. Uh, and it'll be sad, but then that means we're probably going to have to be sellers at the trade deadline, meaning Daniil Hunter's, you know, whatever. I'll, it's really interesting to see what will happen in these couple days because whatever Kwesi decides on in terms of the remainder of the season, uh, you just kind of have to roll with it until uh, until the season's over. Okay. Well, I so I'm just trying to gain a little bit more of an understanding. So you're trying, you're saying that the best thing for the Vikings to do right now, make no moves at the quarterback position and potentially sell. Is that what you would prefer? I don't. Right now? I don't know if I'm if I'm being entirely okay. honest. I am so in between because. We were talking a little bit before the show, and we'll we'll talk about it uh, about the Bengals 49ers game here in a little bit. But deep down inside me, I think uh, Sam Darnold could be an incredible quarterback. If for we sure. can get him for a fourth or fifth round pick, why not roll the dice? Get him in an offense that you know could be better than any anyone he's had a real shot in before. Obviously, he's on the 49ers behind Brock Purdy currently, but I don't want to roll with. You know, let's say a Brian Hoyer, for no, example, who's been in the league for so long. And it's not going to move the needle at no, all for a playoff not spot. At all. So. And all it's going to do is having a, a quarterback with experience uh, win a couple games more than we would with, let's say, Jaron Hall or Nick Mullins, and we'll get a worse draft pick. It's not like we're expecting to win the Super Bowl here. My my thought is get a young, either don't get anyone in or get a young guy who is. Um, 
you know, possibly uh, not look great uh, after a couple of years in the league and roll the dice with him because worst that's going to happen, he doesn't work out, and we get a good draft pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm looking at it a little bit differently, and that might be from just... Uh, sorry about that. I got a little distracted. It might be from being a Packers fan. You want to continuously win every year, and you see the ability for the Vikings to not only take advantage of this upcoming schedule. Let me talk about their schedule really quickly. So off the top of my head, we have the Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears. Yeah, that's exactly correct. Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, and then the Raiders after that. So you get a competent quarterback who I'm thinking, especially after Will Levis played today, let's get Ryan Tannehill in the building. No, I, no, no. I would, no. I would cry if we had Ryan Tannehill. I completely disagree. Go okay. with the rookie. He's injury prone, and he just has shown that he only had that one good season. Yep. So okay. it's just not worth it. Yeah. I, as I mentioned, get either a young guy in here or no one at all. Um, give someone the keys. See what they can do with it. If it doesn't work, so be it. If it works, great. Then I, we have. I guess sort of so when you say give a young guy the keys, see what works, why wouldn't you want a veteran who has had the ability to win games before? I would much rather, especially when this quarterback class is so good. Well, because what's but, what's it going to do if, if we get a veteran guy? If you get a and, playoff spot, then you're not going to get a rookie quarterback, and he's an old quarterback anyways that you and trade we're just for. And reloaded with Kirk. Yeah, probably on an with, expiring contract. So like, there's no point in not trying a young option, seeing if he can be the mm-hmm. future. And then, are we talking about Jaron Hall? Or are you talking about it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter. Jaron Hall, or like I, he said, go trade I, for Sam Donald. Yeah, as I mentioned, I don't want a guy like Ryan Tannehill, a guy who's been in the league for a long time, where you, you kind of already know what he's like. He's already reached his potential. Um, just because you know he's going to be worse than Kirk was, and it's just going to win us games that are not going to mean anything because. He's not going to be our future anyway. Okay. Yeah. Then I would say, if we're looking at it from that perspective, you you should sell. Yeah. 100%. Unfortunately. Yeah. Because I I think this locker room's finally turning around and turn a corner, which is why it was such terrible timing. Um, that it's like I'm I'm at a loss right now of what's best for this team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that after talking about that over the last 15 minutes, I would say the best thing would be sell. If you want to bring Kirk back on a discount, it's not a bad thing. I would not be mad at all. He is a good quarterback. He has shown that Very he's a good. good quarterback. Some may say he's a primetime player now after beating the Niners. I wouldn't go that far, but, <laughs> but I see where you're coming from. But even when he does come back from his Achilles, he's not going to be a different player because he's always been a pocket passer anyway. Yeah, it's it's just about the way it heals. It's all about of mental. Course, of course. It's all, you know, who knows. Definitely. So... Moving on, I think we've talked enough about the Vikings. Is there anything that you'd like to add, Chris? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> no. Great. Let's let's talk about the other side of the coin here, and that was the Packers today. Chris mentioned it. No first downs until five minutes left in the second quarter. As a reminder, you are listening to WUEC Eau Claire on 89.7 FM. This is the final whistle. Let's get back to the Packers. No first downs until five minutes left in the second quarter. And the thing that was most frustrating for me, and we talked about it last week, was it's okay. I'm okay with the Packers losing this year. That's no problem. What I want to see is Jordan Love continue to improve. And it's obvious that when his wide receivers are wide open, 
he is not an accurate passer. There was a ball late in the game. It was first and 15, and Romeo Dobbs was wide open on the right side of the field, and Jordan Love just threw it at his feet as an incompletion. There were multiple of those today. Christian Watson streaking down the field, 40-yard pass. J-Love overthrows him by 15 yards. These are the things that are definitely fixable, but I don't know. It it just doesn't seem like these flash plays are are happening very often throughout the first part of the season. Um, also, the first half continues to be an insane issue for the Packers offensively. They are the worst offense in the first quarter. Dude, they cannot score in the first no. at all. They have nine points all season in the first half. Yep, but I did hear this little stat before the game today, which obviously changed since Jordan Love only threw one touchdown in the second half. Jordan Love is the highest quarter, highest touchdown passer in the second half throughout the entire NFL this year. So it's obvious that he has it, but he doesn't know how to hone into it when he doesn't need to, if that makes sense. Braden, what would you have to add from the game today? Um, Just that I think now that it's for sure time to tank, um... I know. Yeah, I'm not saying so bench. Say, I'm not saying bench love or anything like no, that. No, that's the worst like, thing you can obviously do. Obviously, see how he plays out the rest of the year. See if he grows, gets any better. Um, but like I said, we've been having guys get hurt constantly. I don't know why we didn't give AJ or not AJ. Sorry, um, Aaron Jones more. Aaron Jones was obviously uh, on a snap count today. He's yeah. still coming back from the injury, and since um, they're so bad, why would you? Why would you press the issue? Yeah, but uh, who's our third string running back again? Uh, um, we don't have one. Okay, I he thought we cut. did. No. Oh, yep. sick. Um, so yeah, we ha- we're using AJ Dillon like he's a first option, and as I've said before, um, not versatile in any way. Um, and you know he can be used, I guess, if you're like a yard short sometimes. But everybody knows what's coming, and Lafleur used him way too many times on first down, where he puts us in terrible field position, and then. Just like you said, Jordan Love not being able to make the easy passes and not being able to convert. I also want to give a little bit of leeway to Jordan Love. Fourth quarter, seven minutes left. Dontavion Wicks on a slant on the 10-yard line dropped a wide-open first down. Mm. After that, the Packers weren't able to convert, and they turned it over on downs trying to go for it. If that happens, potentially the Packers can come back because Jaron Hall was terrible. So there was no ball movement after Kirk got injured. Um, I mean, I think the Vikings just ran the ball. Yeah, they yeah, did, which, yeah. Was, which was smart. I would have done the same thing. But I'm just, I want to talk a little bit about A.J. Dillon because I don't necessarily know if it's his fault all the time. Yeah, the line is also bad. Not necessarily the line. There's, I mean, it goes back to the last couple of years he's been like this. Well, there's so. no creativity in his rushing. You can see when he gets the ball in open space, he's really good. He had five receptions for 41 yards. When you give him the ball and the ability to move, he's a good player. But I don't remember the last time LaFleur gave him a rush that wasn't a rush straight up the middle. Yeah. So I think that this might have to be a little bit more on LaFleur than people are talking about right now. I did see that people are saying, should LaFleur be on the hot seat? I, I saw disagree that too. with that. And I, I went in there to listen to what the guy had to say. And he, he just, I don't know, he's classic Packers fan where we don't ever think we can be bad. So he basically was just saying, don't blame anybody. It's a little bit of everybody's fault. Yeah, but, like, yeah. it comes down to the coaching and the coordinators. And then um, just some of our players just 
aren't playing well. I mean, Walker well, Walker gets at least penalized once a game. Yeah. Also, I I got to give it to Jordan Anderson. Jordan Addison. He dogged Jair today. Mm. Jair did not look good against Jordan Addison. Yeah. Uh, while watching this game, um, I I felt zero concern about the Vikings on third down. Um, it felt like we could really get anything we wanted for free downfield. Jordan Addison caught everything. KJ Osborne was good today. TJ wide open. Yeah. I mean, I had no concern on third down, and that goes opposite with the Packers. Yeah. I, no matter where they were on the field, I really felt no threat, no real threat yeah. of um, scoring. You know, obviously there's a couple times downfield where they get chunk plays, but even then I'd be like, eh. You yeah. know, worst comes to worst, a field goal maybe. At this point, the only game I'm confident in the Packers winning is against the Bears later in the season. And now that they're at their backup quarterback, I'm not even so sure I'd be confident in that. I, personally, at this point, until— It's at home, though. So Until the offense can figure out a way to make the correct play calls for the correct players and Jay Love can get on the same page with his wide receivers— I wouldn't be confident in the Packers winning any games right now. Yeah. And, also, the um, Vikings. The Vikings are good. Like people. Yeah. Were I good. don't. I don't. I, yeah, I think that good. it was just the thing. Same thing as last year, where it was one score games, and they're just on the other side of the coin for most of them so far this year. You're talking um, about the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. With the Packers, I agree with what you're saying because Love does need to make, you know, those reads and uh, be able to connect with his wide receivers. Because I don't think it's really the wide receivers' fault. I think we have good wide receivers. And like you said, with Wicks dropping it, he's a rookie in his sixth NFL game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he even played in some of the first ones, he did. So, yeah, he's, yeah, he's um, not. A, he's not a rookie. Wicks is a rookie. Dontavion? Yeah, he's a rookie out, of, out of Virginia. Okay, so uh, that could just be more of a still trying to learn how to do some of this stuff and um, adjusting to the NFL a little bit. So I don't think the wide receivers are much of a problem. And I actually, if we have one of the first picks, I. I don't know if we should go for Marvin Harrison Jr. He's so good this year, though, that it would help. Well, but I don't think that's the um, that's the spot that needs filling, uh, or that's something that we need to focus on. I think it's more of getting defensive players and kind of reloading on the line because of how many injuries we've had so far this season. I think that after this, the first how many games have been played? Seven games Seven, this yeah. year, and you have nine points in the first half. Yeah. Throughout those seven games, you cannot not spend a first rounder on a offensive player. Yeah, yeah, what, what, you're not wrong because, I mean, the defense has been holding teams good. pretty low scores, but the defense uh, hasn't allowed more than 24 points in any game, other than to the Lions. But okay, which was a terrible would you rather game, draft? Say, say if Jordan Love plays like this for the rest of the year, would you rather draft Marvin Harrison with the first or second overall pick, or would you rather draft Caleb Williams? Caleb Williams. Okay. That the problem solved. Then you hope that he can do better okay. with the offense okay. what with about the weapons we have. Drake May or Marvin Harrison? Marvin Harrison. Drake May uh, has lost two in a row and uh, has been throwing quite a few interceptions. I also want to so. bring up, there's there's things that can be fixed about Jordan Love. It's obviously he has the arm talent, but it's just Dude, that. he cannot make deep throws. No, he can't. I That's, was just going to say, it's yeah. the accuracy as well as when the pocket compresses he is not looking at his receivers. He's looking at a way to get out of the pocket and mm-hmm. then throw. Which, to be fair, he hasn't been terrible running the ball. And he gets out in open space. He's been doing pretty good. But 
It's just not being able to see that first read, and if it's not there, he just runs with it instead of well, trying to find another. He, I mean, I would say it's the opposite. He's sitting in the pocket too long, mm. you know, and it's just been. But it's almost like he doesn't know where to go with the ball. Yeah, exactly. After his first guy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're saying the same thing. Yeah, just yeah. saying it differently. Yeah. It, we just need to see him improve as a passer over the rest of the year. And if he doesn't, I think that the conversation will be what quarterback are the Packers going to be taking. But let's just remind everybody, Aaron Rodgers had six wins his first year. Mm-hmm. We're not saying he's Aaron Rodgers, but you should give these players time. Even though Jay Love's been in the league for four years now, he still does need time to understand NFL defenses and play in games. If it's still like this at the end of the year, obviously I think that it might be might be time, but... Other than that, I don't have much more to say for the Packers. Yeah, you know, you can say as much as you want about um, the Packers, much like I said about the Vikings, but you really are only going to be able to cross that bridge once you're there. Uh, currently, they're saying Kyler Murray won't debut next week versus Dobbs. Do we think this could be because the Vikings might be making a trade for Kyler? Um, I could see the Cardinals trading Kyler. It's, but... it's all about the cost. It's all about, sure. um, you know, I, I I can say as much as I want, but then Quasey can think the exact opposite. I've seen people, you know, pro football talk say, "Why don't you call Tom Brady?" You know, that's not happening. That's not happening. It's it's just we can say as much as we want, but you you don't really know that outcome until you know they actually happen happen. Yeah. So I I wish the best for Kirk. I I would not be upset one bit if he's back next season. Mm. I have full faith in him. You know he's been nothing but a team player, a great great guy to have on your team. Um, yeah. Um, We're behind you, Kirk. Speedy recovery. We'll just uh, go with what we got and uh, look yeah. ahead. Yeah. We'll see what happens. All right. So do you guys want to move on to the uh, the Bengals Niners now? We have more awards to give out. Okay. The final whistle award for throwing more yards than an NFL quarterback this week goes to Braden Doby. Yeah. Let's go. Ooh. Round of applause. Go yes, me. Sir. Go me. And um, Braden. How many how many passing yards did you have? I had a total of zero passing yards. Yeah. 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 There you go. Very good. Very good. And uh, that goes for all of our listeners as well. Um, yeah, you as well, Chris. Yeah. You know hey. what, Nolan? Congrats. Hey, thanks, Chris. You, you know, too. if you're driving, give yourself a pat on the back, but one hand hand on the wheel, please. Of course. Um, yeah, uh, Tommy DeVito, uh, third-string quarterback of the New York Giants, a whopping negative one-yard passing. Mm-hmm. What are we what, – what's going on here? I, the New York offenses are abysmal. Yeah. They are terrible. Uh Zach Wilson, he did have that game tying drive. That was with, electric. Yeah, that was electric. He didn't play bad today, but also the Giants are pretty bad. So, uh, other than that, though, uh, twenty four combined punts in this game, which I know most of us don't have a scale of how many punts per game is normal. I certainly don't. Twenty four punts in a game is the most since two thousand one. Most since I've been alive. Yeah, that's uh. That's pretty bad. The average number of punts per game is seven point six for <laughs> for a little bit of a a Comparison scale. There. And let's just talk about. I want to talk about Dayball for how he how he allowed this offense to be called after Tyrod left. I don't know if it was his coaching last year was a fluke or what, but the Giants 
man, are they probably one of the worst teams in the league. They're like, like might be bad. contending for the worst team in the league. Yeah. So as soon as Tyrod left the game, the Giants did score a touchdown. Tommy DeVito faked the ball to Saquon and then scampered into the end zone for a 10-yard rushing touchdown. But after that, DeVito only had seven attempts the rest of the game. And he came in, I believe, middle of the third quarter, and there was an overtime. Saquon had 36 carries today for 128 yards. And in their lone offensive drive in overtime, it went Saquon rush, offensive holding, two screen passes to Saquon. Mind you, it was first and 20 and second and 20. And then a failed screen pass that almost got picked off and taken to the house by the Jets. So I don't know if the play calling was don't let DeVito throw the ball down the field or if it was he has no vision to be able to throw it down the field. Maybe he was too nervous because he didn't think he was going to play. Did they even give him a... He threw only seven attempts, so did they even give him a chance to throw it downfield once? Well, no. there was a there was a chant going on at MetLife saying, let him throw in the middle of the fourth quarter. Do you quarter. think that was Jets fans saying that? It's, Maybe. It's the same <laughs> field for both fans, so... It's just, <laughs> Who knows? It's just crazy. Honestly, it could be Giants fans too, though, saying like, yeah, get it downfield. Exactly. I, 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 was just I don't I believe, believe Dayball was planning to have Tommy, Tommy DeVito, great name by the way, um, in the game. You know how can you plan for that? Much like Jaron, um, Jaron Hall. Hall. Uh, I don't think Dayball could possibly be on the hot. I've obviously a He's lot not. can change. He's not. He won Coach of the Year last year. So how do you possibly have this big of a one eighty? If, I think if, it, if, if I'm thinking of the worst team that I could possibly be a fan of currently, it might be the Giants. Number yeah. one. How do you like what do you get excited for every week? Just Saquon trying to get a touchdown and hundred yards? Like I loss and then potentially have Daniel Jones on your books for a couple more years paying that was forty the million worst idea they could possibly awful. done. It's much like the Russell Wilson yeah. deal he signed and that's then but I would say I would that's say not that as bad. The Broncos proven a little more. The Broncos might be the fan base that I would be least wanting. There are, to. Yeah, it's, they've it's been playing either, good the last few weeks though. Okay, better. but they've been playing better to, to to achieve what in the end game. Exactly. exactly. Saving a lot of people's jobs. <laughs> Yeah, well, saving, saving his own job. Yeah, well, he's yeah. he's Russell not going to get fired. You don't think so? No, shot. We didn't trade. didn't trade for him. And how much fired. money he's getting paid? Twenty million a year. How expensive that would be to be to buy him out? That'd be. It's ridiculous. almost like but, when he had a Hall of Fame quarterback every season that they weren't bound to be terrible. Like, well, you could say the same thing with uh, Russell Wilson, potential Hall of Fame. I guess the same yeah. thing about Bill Belichick, all-time passer, but. Though. You know, not to get too far off topic, um, man, these teams. You know, you're you're. I'm rooting for the Jets. I'm rooting for Zach Wilson. The the Jets are praying every day that Rodgers gets healthy. Man, <laughs> like, I I do want to talk about Zach Wilson though. In the fourth quarter and in overtime, he looked very. He good. did look very good today, but uh, and he's been better than he had been uh, early in the season. But imagine this team if they had Rodgers right now. How good yeah. they could be. And you never know, though. That's true. You know, I, I'm sure if you're on the defense, I, I'm sure I've said this before, but you definitely are playing differently if you have Zach Wilson under center versus and one of the best of all time under center. The defense has to work so much harder when Wilson actually can't get down the field. Yeah. I know today he threw for 240 yards, 50% completion, and a touchdown, but, but he's, he doesn't do that every game. But even... So. 
even if you're down in the game, if you're the defense on the Jets, are you thinking, oh, Zach Wilson can get us back in this game if we get a stop? Yeah. I'm sure you're feeling a little bit better if it's Aaron Rodgers oh, who you course. think can get you back of in the course. game. So, um, my only my only thing that I wanted to point out was I think that once they got the ball back in overtime, they believed that Zach would drive them down the field just because of the way that he was able to get them in field goal position in the first place at the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah. And Which was the first time that I would say Jets fans probably felt that way. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm rooting for the Jets. Yeah, I want them to do good. Me too. Um, you know, wish, you know, hoping for the best. But yeah, uh, are that, they the that team was with the longest active streak of missing the playoffs now that the Kings made it last no, year. No, it'd be the Lions. Oh, no, 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 not no, the Lions. The that's playoffs. the playoff yeah. win. Um, let me let me tell you. You know, that's a good question. But um, you know, whoever watched this game entirely, that was just watching nails on a chalkboard. If that could be translated into vision, um, twelve seasons. The New York yeah. Jets have not made the playoffs since the 2009-2010 season with LaDainian Tomlinson and their quarterback, Mark Sanchez. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was a terrible game to watch. Sorry to anyone who had to uh, waste their time with that. <laughs> uh, moving on to a, a little bit lighter news. Lighter, Better news, yeah. hopefully. The Final Whistle I'm Back Award. And that goes to the one and only Joe Burrow. Let's go, Joe. You are Joe you are fully back. Um, what a win for the Bengals today. Yeah. Uh, at home against the 49ers who have in, been in Santa Clara. Sorry. It was, oh, it was my it bad. Was, it was in. It was in. They're Santa away yep. and uh, just played out of his mind. Uh, personal record: 18 straight completions. Uh, just you know, looked like him, like his old self like a potential MVP candidate, which I don't know if the season's too far gone, but whatever. Uh, had a huge win against the 49ers, who have lost uh, now three in a row to the Browns, Vikings, and uh, now today the Bengals. So I'm sure this is a huge relief for uh, Bengals fans, a uh, huge win for them. And I just want to ask you guys, you know, we can touch on it a little bit more, but was this a better win for the Bengals or a worse loss for the 49ers? This was a worse loss for the 49ers. They've lost three in a row, and I don't fully understand why because I not everybody kind of came back from their injuries pretty quickly, so maybe they're still reeling from that a little bit. I know Purdy had a concussion this last week, so maybe he wasn't fully himself from that. But when you, through the first five weeks of the season or four weeks of the season, had literally one of the best offenses all time it seemed like with uh, how they were operating and just so many great defensive players too to fall three straight games is kind of something i didn't expect to happen to this team at all this year yeah nobody did and uh they just don't look at all like the team that started this season i mean that team seemed like they were destined for the number one seed they were uh, 100% going to be in the playoffs and we're going to be probably a contender for the NFC Championship at least. Most definitely. Uh, which, I mean, they're still likely going to be a playoff team and that sort of thing, but it's just it's weird how they just flip the switch off, it seems like. Yeah, so I'm going in a different direction. Um, the reason I say that is the 49ers are without Debo. Mm. It's apparent that Christian McCaffrey's beat up. 
uh, Trent Williams coming back from injury. Uh, you know, they're they're just hurt in their, you know, at really their power positions. Um, Brock Purdy has had a couple off weeks, um, but at the end of all that, they're still five and three. Um, they're the top of the wild card. They are in second place now behind the Seahawks, but you really can't overreact. It'd be better to have this sort of streak now in the heart of the season than at the tail end heading into the playoffs. Yeah, very true. Um, on the other end, the reason I'm saying is a better win for Cincinnati is they're now at four and three. If they lost this game, three and four, they're still tied for the bottom of the AFC North. The North which is, is great. It, pretty yeah. good this year. Yeah. Um, Arguably but, the best division. I, I'd yeah. say really without a doubt um, where all four teams are that competitive. Uh, but, you know, seeing the ability of Joe Burrow to recover from his calf injury and really return to old form, that has to be just a huge sigh of relief. If they lost this game and were, you know, the in sole possession of last place, you, they would have been so defeated. Um Excuse me. Uh, and th- this was just huge where they put up points, the defense looked good, um, and can now move on after this uh, big game of theirs and uh, potentially go on a run. Yeah, I agree with that. And my my position would have been this is definitely a statement game for the Bengals because, like you said, Braden, you said this offense looks completely different because it is completely different. No Trent Williams, obviously – I would say arguably the best offensive guard in the league. Mm-hmm. No Debo who makes he he's Debo's like, so versatile. He's for the them. change of pace. Yeah, and you need him. You can tell that he's a captain as well. Him and Trent are the people that lead them out of the Tunnel. of the locker room. Yeah, with the boombox. So I would say this isn't the same team. But as soon as they get back, they will be good. They but, still have so many Pro Bowl type players on this team though, and the Bengals have been so up and down this season that. This is one that you have to get if you're the Niners because, you know, losing to the Eagles, right? I think, no, was it the Eagles that they lost to in the last couple of weeks? Uh, the who, who have they lost to on this street? The Niners? Yeah. The Browns, Vikings, and now today oh, the they, Bengals. Oh, right, right, that was the Browns. I was, I was forgetting what team it was a couple weeks ago. But uh, the Browns, I mean, that's like such a slow-paced team when it comes to just rushing the ball and having good defense that the Niners losing to them is understandable. But then losing to the Vikings, that's one you have to get. And then uh, this game, I feel like, is one you have to get if you're the Niners. But um, well, you're right. Having Trent Williams not blocking for you and not having Debo to rush or catch the ball, it, it changes up the offense a lot. But I had such high like a uh, high, high viewpoint of this team that uh, I just didn't know that it could get this bad for them this season. Well, I don't know why... I just I just want to know why you think this is a terrible loss. Joe Burrow. I don't think it's a terrible loss. I just think that it's more on the uh the Niners losing than it was on the Bengals winning it. Personally, I think that they put themselves they put themselves behind what is it the the horse behind the cart. They put themselves the horse behind the cart when they allowed Brock Purdy to start this game. Even though he got out of concussion protocol, he got a concussion last week. Give Sam Darnold the ability to start the yeah, game. Yeah, I don't think they should have played Purdy this one because they cleared him, like, was it Yesterday. last night or this morning? Yeah. It's just— So I, that was more of a you're good enough to play type of thing because right. they don't want to play Darnold, which goes back to our point, do the Vikings want to trade for him? Like, that might be saying something that the Niners don't trust him. 
well, they're trying to get Purdy to play this game. If your if your starter's available, you're going to play him. Yeah. I just don't think that it was. If I'm if I'm personally the manager of the not if I'm Shanahan, I would have said we're going to give you a week. Yeah, but that's just me. And obviously, could have been different. Probably wouldn't have been because the Bengals are back. Anyway, let's get on to our next award, and that is unless you guys wanted. Is there anything you wanted to add there? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, great. All right, the final whistle. I am going to get the final whistle. I just won the starting job award. Braden, uh, that would be Will Levis mm. for the uh, Tennessee Titans. Good for you, Will. We're handing out applause. Uh, the Titans decided to go with Malik Willis to start this game. Uh, don't know why they did that. He immediately fumbled the ball, and the uh, Falcons recovered it. So then they decided to go with Will Levis after that, and he ended up throwing for four touchdowns, uh, three of which went to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, guys, what do you think of this change in quarterback early in the game? Um. Well... Mike Vrabel, Vrabel, excuse me, uh, said that they were going to go with the two quarterback option, mm-hmm. which is so foreign uh, in NFL. It's also probably no longer the case. Yeah, if I had to definitely guess. no longer the case after today. Um, but you know, we saw a little bit of Malik Malik Willis last year, and it was not good. Um, I was he excited, didn't even throw the ball once in this game. Yeah, excited to see Will Levis um, play today, but really had zero expectations. Um, considering that he was still behind Ryan Tannehill, who injured today has not looked good this season. And so if the coaches aren't even going to put him in after a bad Ryan Tannehill, there had to be some reason, at least I thought. Uh, But that obviously was not the case today. 237 yards, four throwing touchdowns, zero interceptions, Nothing, nothing to complain about there. 19 for 29. He had a rating of 130.5. Yeah. Uh, uh, which helps when DeAndre Hopkins only catches the ball four times and goes for 128 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. But. Well, that kind of brings up a point. I think that Will Levis might have a top five deep ball in the game already. Mm. He no, he hawks that oh thing. Oh, my goodness. that It was such an impressive showing. I think three of his touchdowns were over 40 yards. And that's such a, like... Just di- like difference, um, from like, Tannehill, uh, yeah, like just like an absolute yeah. counter of what Tannehill can do because he cannot throw the ball downfield no. at all. I kind of want to answer your question. Well, your statement of saying there must have been something wrong with Levis that they didn't just give it to him right away. I think there might have been two things. First of all, Malik Willis is a year older, mm. they wanted to just see if potentially they were giving him one last time. chance, yeah. yeah. And one of the things of the combine I remember. People talking about Levis is he's a little immature. Yep. Maybe that was something they just didn't want to bring him along too fast because maybe he could get caught up in things. But sure. Today, I mean, he rode the wave all the way to a W. And Definitely. They looked really good. Yeah. Uh, on the other end, the Falcons um, finally uh, took out uh, Desmond, Ritter. Desmond Ritter, put it in front of the program. Shout out to you. Shout out to me. Thank you. Friend of the program, friend of everyone, and that would be Taylor Heineke. Um, even after that, <laughs> nothing really happened. Falcons did look better. I just don't know what to make of really either of these teams. I think they're kind of in the development stage of uh, their franchises of just trying to figure out their Dude, direction. Both the NFC South and AFC South are just like the 
weirdest divisions the, in football the, because yeah. anybody could come out of them and anybody could lose or beat anybody in a given week. Yeah, I, I would definitely, I definitely agree with that. Where, you know, t- certain teams started really hot, cooling down. That would be the Buccaneers, and I guess we could say the Texans maybe. Mm. They, I, they just beat each other up. When you play them, you don't know which which side uh, you're gonna get if they're gonna be uh, competitive or look like a dumpster fire. Yeah. Uh, you know, really weird stuff, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't really know, um, what goes on from here in terms of both these teams, if they're gonna obviously cool down after a hot start for Will Levis, if it's going to be Chargers Taylor scored a touchdown, Jay Herbo, 39 yard pass to Austin Eckler. Sweet. Uh, thank you, Braden. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's just a weird direction for all these, te- for both of these teams, and um, seems like they're kind of in the middle, uh, in between things currently. Yeah. Could I could I add an extra award this week? Yeah. You would be a great team if you had a good quarterback award. That'd be the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, I thought you were gonna say the Bears for a second. I think that would be losing. the Jets too. Yeah. Maybe the Jets as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I, I definitely I, agree with that. I really like that Falcons say because I do like Arthur Smith, and I think he is a good co- head coach. Um. When he plays as good players, well, Ar- well, okay. So I we were talking about that before, but all jokes aside, Arthur Arthur is obviously really good runner. He knows how to run the ball, and you mean, wait, mean what? Arthur oh, Smith, you mean he's Arthur's, good at he's doing a good job at like when to run the ball. Well, he's he's like yeah. Okay, because the, the way you were saying it sounded like he's the one running it himself. No, he that was he's from he's from Vrabel. Mm. And Vrabel obviously knows how to pound it with Derrick Henry and now Tajay Spears. The Falcons are a good team, I believe. And if they had a good quarterback, they would be a top ten team in the league, in my opinion. But yeah, that's no. just that's just how it is at the moment. They're they're in need of somebody at the helm. Desmond Ritter is fine, but I don't think he's ever going to be great. And if you're starting Taylor Heineke, we love Taylor Heineke, but I don't know if he's going to get you. Super far. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. I mean, he played the Titans kind of iffy defense. So, sure. yeah. So, as previously mentioned, um, actually, we do have another award, which we did skip over. But before we get to that, just want to remind you that you are listening to WUEC Eau Claire on 89.7 FM. Uh, we missed the record of. Congratulations! You beat a team after losing to them 16 straight times. Award. <laughs> Would you like to announce this, Nolan? Yeah, that'd be the Denver Broncos. Hey, congratulations! Round of applause! Hey, round of applause! Very good. You uh, beat you beat the Chiefs the last time that Brady and Chris and I were in middle school. Middle school. And it took a Patrick Mahomes flu game to do that. So and in the snow. Really good, Sean Payton. I'm sure that you feel like you're the best coach in the world now. Congratulations. Is there anything we'd like to add on this uh, award? No. I actually, this next one that we have, I don't even know if it's going to happen anymore just because the Titans okay, play how they we, did. Should today. we announce what yeah, it is? Yeah, okay. Oh, I, I, a couple things on the game. Oh, the, the, uh, take the take the loss with a grain of salt. Mahomes was sick. Um, you know, okay win for the Broncos, but, you know, what, what was the point to, uh, you know, they didn't look great in the, in the clips in the – Sections yeah. I saw, but you know it is what it is. I mean, so this is going to be a run the ball game in general, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, the reason why I think that this is the worst team to be a fan of 
is because the Broncos have a mindset after getting Sean Payton, having Russell Wilson on this contract, that you're in it to win it right now. Obviously, the team's not good enough to win, but they don't care. They're going to try and win every single game, and they're going to finish with seven wins. They're going to finish outside the playoff picture, and they'll have the 16th overall pick that will go to the Saints. Mm. So, I don't know. They do have their first-round pick this year. Oh, they do? Yes, it's okay. the next year. that. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but, yeah, um, it, it's similar of, like, you know, you won this game, happy that the streak is over, but it's really just to put water under the bridge of, um, you know, let's try and end the streak. And then I'm sure Sean Payton just wants Caleb Williams so badly. Um, you think so? So badly. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, congratulations to the Broncos. Still don't like you, Sean Payton, um, for 2009. Um, but with the Broncos, a lot of trade talk is surrounding them. Um, mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, the the trade deadline is coming up here in the coming days. So I just wanted to run a couple of players by you guys I um, and, and get your opinion on if they will be traded or yeah. not. And we don't have to discuss necessarily what team unless you have one at the top of your mind. Um, but uh, without further ado, without further ado, did I say that correctly? Yeah, you did. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Devontae Adams, former Packer, mentioned how he was kind of upset that the these uh, Raiders moved on from Derek Carr um, because he that's the whole to reason there. he went he, there. He went there. So, yes or no, and if so, what team do you Dude. think? The Raiders keep saying that they're not going to trade him, and I don't know why, because you're not going anywhere with Jimmy G this season. Agreed. Your team has almost no bright spots. You do have Max Crosby on defense and then Devontae himself. Other than that, I mean, sometimes Josh Jacobs good, but you really don't have much going for you. You're probably not making the playoffs this year, so why not get draft capital for Devontae while he's still worth something and under contract? I would say there's one team that they could trade him to, in my opinion, that would be the Jets. And let me let me say why. Mm. He's, he signed a five-year deal last year. Mm-hmm. You said get something for Devontae while you still can. You still have three more years of Devontae. No yeah, I know, but he's still where he's not getting like older and people aren't going to want to trade for him because of his age. So you get him now while he's still performing at high level. Uh, early into his contract, so whoever trades for him has him for more years than just one kind I, of a thing. If they trade for him right now, they mm-hmm. have 2024, 2025, and 2026. Yes. There's three years left in his contract. That's what I'm saying. The team that trades for him has him under contract for a while. Yeah. So they know they're getting the guy they want who is going to have to buy in because he's there for multiple years. And Right, and that's why, young, I think, yeah. that's why I think the Jets, Okay. if I don't think that he's going to get traded to answer your question. I don't think that you would. I, th- I think that the Raiders are going to be too stubborn because you have to sell Agreed. tickets somehow. So that's Pers- the way they're yeah. going to. Personally, I don't think that they should trade him. If you've signed him to this big of a deal, you have a window. Whether or not you like it, right now you have Jimmy G, but you can't change that. I would keep him unless you can get a haul for him. And I only think that, or the Chiefs potentially. Mm, I could see the Chiefs. They don't have a wide receiver. I don't know if they have the money for it, unfortunately. I'm, yeah, they, I, I don't know if they do either. They could give up a lot of like players here and there to get him. That'd be way too tough. Though, I could for see a it. Older but, wide receiver. Yeah, but. like don't not your defense, but get rid of like say a couple of uh, receivers that you don't need right now. Maybe a. I don't know how back. much money that's. Gonna, I don't know. Whatever, but 
Um, Final answer, it, no for me. In, in terms of dogs on their team, the Raiders have got to be at the lower end of dogs on their team. You're saying Jimmy G's not a dog? I'd say Devontae Adams and Max Crosby. Max Crosby counts for two dogs because he's a double dog. <laughs> um, but, you know, off the top of my head, it'd be the Cardinals probably that have capital for it. No, that, oh, that have less dogs oh, on their okay. team. So, yeah, my answer is going to be no. I think, uh, you know, Mark Davis and the Raiders are going to be too stubborn and too dumb. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that statement. Respectfully. Next player. Jerry Judy on the Denver Broncos, as we just discussed, um, mm, has not really reached his potential. That was originally thought coming out of Alabama. He's uh, had a couple troubles there in the last couple years of behavior and, you know, just kind of lashing out, uh, being frustrated with losing, which, you know, honestly, understandable. Um, in my opinion, I think he... Mm, he will be traded, I think. Tell me why. <clears throat> I think at this point for Champagne, he, they got the win today. And, you know, what's the point of keeping Jerry Judy on this team? No, if, that, that is a very Broncos move to trade him right now. I could see that happening like, for sure. Like, sell, he had a good game today. Sell him after they know that he can play and has, you know, somewhat of a potential. Um it's not, he's, I mean, what, this is his fourth year in the league? Yep. He's a young guy. Yep. Um, and might as well get, you know, a mid-round pick for him while you can rather than let him walk in free agency. Now, who do you guys think would trade for him? Because in my mind, this is the type of trade that, like, a Chicago Bears would make for absolutely no reason other than they could have a guy like who's a got Chase, a name. Like a Chase Claypool. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I think there's a possibility that the Carolina Panthers mm. make that trade. Yeah, it kind of matches up with their time t- table. Yeah, they so. they mention how they want a number one wide receiver, and might as well, uh, you know, give, give Jerry Judy a shot if mm. they can for a cheap price, and they kind of know who he is and can possibly blossom in uh, an offense where he would be undoubtedly uh, the number one option. Yeah, I so Jerry Judy's contract since he was a first rounder. He does have a fi- have a fifth year option, and I think that the Broncos are going to keep him simply because I. So this is how I think that the Broncos are going to look at it. Every player that is not signed after this year, I can see them moving on from. But since Jerry will be with the team next year if they don't trade him, I don't think that they'll trade him because, like we talked about, Sean Payton's in it to win it. He's not in it for any type of rebuild. He's your best wide receiver aside from potentially Cortland Sutton, but I think Jerry Judy's more talented than him. Um, I think he stays simply because the Broncos are in it because they think that they still want to win, personally. All right. But Fair if enough. he did go to a team, I I think that the Panthers is a great um, take right there. I also really like the... I just forgot. We will... Oh, I like the Titans because mm. um, Will Levis is young. They don't really have an alpha receiver besides D-Hop, of course. Mm-hmm. He's up there in age. Traylon Burks is good, but... Injured? He's in. Well, he's back now. Is he? Yep. Okay. But it's just... I don't know. I could see an, another another guy in that room. So that would be my choice if he does get traded. All right. Last one quick. Chase Young, Washington Commanders. He's been injured the last couple of years. He um, obviously drafted number two overall uh, two years ago. It's... Th- 
two or three years ago, um, and yeah. just has not looked great since he's been back. And I, it has to be the injury because he was so good his rookie season and just in general before he got injured. Um, I don't know if he's just uninspired on this team now or if the injury really just hindered his ability now to be as good of a player as he was. But uh, I would, if I were trading for him, I would be a contender where he doesn't need to do as much as he needed to do in Washington. And um, for me, I would say, you know, the Eagles or the Chiefs trying to trade for him would be a great idea to just bolster their line even more. I think that, personally, I don't think the Eagles need any help. But Their defense line is insane. No, yeah, yeah. More so the Chiefs I could see doing it. Mm -hmm. Chiefs defense has been very good this year. Yep. So that's, that's a solid call. I would say that Chase Young does get traded. And that's honestly really sad to see because in 2020 when he got drafted right behind Joe Burrow, it was kind of like this guy's the premier edge rusher and he's going to be for the next five years. And ever since he's gotten injured, he just hasn't returned to form. Like you said, rookie year, he was amazing. Mm -hmm. People were saying he was going to be you know, a top-five defensive player, and it just hasn't happened, sadly, just because of the injury. But I, I can see him going to—I like the Bills. I can see that interesting. Too. Yeah, because for sure. they just—they've been teetering. Give them a spark. They have injuries but on their defense. I was gonna yeah. say the problem with that though is like you have an aging Von Miller on that team who he might not even be back yet, but he's injury prone. Ed you Oliver's add, been hurt. Yep, and then you add um, Chase Young. Chase Young. Yep, and he has been injured. So do you really want a whole line of guys that you're relying on to all stay healthy to be well good? When you're looking, personally for me, when I'm looking at a team that could potentially take me to the promised land for a Super Bowl and Chase Young's healthy right now, you you look at the potential. You don't look at injury pronation because everybody can get injured, especially in the NFL. So you look at the talent and adding Chase Young is an obvious talent. I think it would be a good move for them, but we'll see what happens. Agreed. I think he gets traded. Don't know where. Uh, couldn't begin to guess. No. Yeah, me neither. But, so. You know, first week, NBA. NBA, um, not necessarily my number one sport, not my most knowledgeable sport. Um, however, Braden, you are currently watching the Bucks game. Why, why don't no, you, it's ugly. Why don't you take us through the first couple games for the Bucks? I'll... I'll uh, talk a little bit about the Timberwolves and uh, go from there. Uh, so for the Bucks, uh, they're trying to find their footing as a team now. You know, balancing out chemistry, a lot of new guys playing. Uh, we have two new guys that are starting in Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley. So I think guys are trying to fit into their new roles on this team. And they won the last game, and Dame kind of willed his way into winning that. This game, they've been down twenty since you know, middle of the second quarter, they um, can't really stop anybody on defense right now, it seems, because it's it's not even like the star players. It's been more bench guys so far in the first couple games that have been dominating, so I don't know if that's a problem with our second unit, but so far I just think the Bucks are trying to find their identity this season. Yeah, we a couple of weeks ago we talked about the Bucks potentially suffering the first 20 games of the season. Just because there's there's not chemistry there yet. They traded for Dame less than a month ago. I mean, he did he hasn't had any time for workouts in the offseason or anything with Giannis or anybody else right. in the Bucks. It's been all preseason and practice leading up into these games. So yeah. uh he really hasn't 
uh, got time to gel with these guys yet. No, definitely not. And it's currently 92 to 73 Hawks. 93-73 for me. 93-73 to Hawks. And the Bucks just, they don't seem like they have a flow. And we're going to do a little bit of overreactions. My overreaction is that the Bucks got worse after the Damian Lillard trade. And the reason why I think that is because the chemistry is just not there. Drew is obviously a very good player. Now he's with the Celtics. I think the Celtics are probably the best team in the East now. I agree. And there was, obviously while there was a point to getting Dame, maybe they stressed the issue by trading too much because they traded Grayson Allen as well. And say what you want to say about him against the Heat last year. He was a pivotal bench player. It doesn't seem like they have as much depth as as last year as well either. Braden, do you have any dispute there? Um, I almost think they do have more depth in that they, like last game especially, they played a ton of guys, and so far this game they have played 10 different guys. So they have depth. It's just that uh, most of the depth is new players or younger players. Like campaign, he's new. You got Marjan as second-year guy. Um, I mean, they haven't even played Andre Jackson Jr. at all so far this year. Yeah. Uh, the rookie. But, like, Jay Crowder, he came in late last year. So it's a lot of guys that have, um, you know, kind of – they haven't had time to play with these guys. And uh, they all kind of need to find uh, – especially Adrian Griffin being a new coach has to find different lineups that work together. Well, and there was one lineup in the first game where they stormed back, or not stormed back because it was a, it ended up being close, but they took a giant lead where it was Dame leading the unit, and I believe it was Bobby Portis, um, Brooke Lopez, Malik Beasley, and then I can't remember who the last guy was, but that unit looked so good defensively and so good offensively that I think it's a lineup that they need to run more, but I think uh, he doesn't want to use it too much where people start scheming for it. But, I mean, I haven't been paying close attention to this game, so maybe he's used it. But in either way, it's a lot of learning from everybody, including the coaching yeah. staff. So that's a, that's a great point. You know, new head coach as well. So, in your opinion, Braden... New offense as well. Everybody has to learn it. Yeah, so. of course. In your opinion, what needs to happen for the Bucks to be a true contender this year? What do you need um, to see? I need to see everybody give them time. Okay. That's... Time is the only thing that uh, I can uh, have help this team right now because I can't really say exactly what they're going to be quite yet. Sure. That's a, that's a great answer. Now, Chris, talking a little bit about the T-Wolves. Yeah. Hit me. Yeah. So uh, two games so far were one and one. Lost to the Raptors, then win at home against the, the Heat. heat. Uh, we held the Heat to only 90 points. Jimmy Butler was out for rest, which... That's to get off on a tangent. That's an absolute joke. That's Second terrible. Year year. Yeah. yeah, Embiid set out the home opener he, for rest. He was purposely Jimmy. One hundred percent just didn't want to play in front of the Minnesota crowd. That, it's so dumb that rest. is I a guarantee thing in, you, he will play against the Bucks tomorrow because he beat them in the playoffs last year. He's playing against Dame, who was supposed to go to the Heat, and he's saving his energy for well, this, this is one. The, this is the main issue with the NBA. Agreed. Play. No. And, People, so they made a new rule this year with that. It's where, obviously not working very well. No, no, no. Where uh, teams have to play one of their star players. So Bam did play yesterday. So uh, the rule is to mitigate 
multiple stars pretending they're injured or faking injuries so they get rest throughout the week. Um, so fans can see what they paid for, which is these all-star players. So especially this case is with the Clippers, where you always see Paul George and Kawhi sit out together, and they sit out multiple, multiple times throughout the season. So now the these teams are forced to play these guys who might want more rest, so the fans uh, get their money's worth, basically. Yeah. It, it, it's just weird. Uh, it's being, weird that it needs to be a rule, Yeah, be, being a hockey fan and... The idea that you're gonna sit a player for rest is there, just so there. foreign yeah. in hockey. You, that it, that would never happen. And it, uh, as you might imagine, and uh, I imagine you'd agree with me, hockey is a much more physically demanding sport, higher risk of injury. Um, I mean, you're getting hit multiple times a game. You're taking slap shots and shots to your legs, body, um, and these guys won't miss a game unless they really have to. Um, it's, it's just weird to watch with uh, the NBA, uh, you know, especially this early in the season. I thought it was going to get better with the rules, but obviously not. Um, oh, God. But, Damian Lillard's one for 10 right now with three points. Not good. No. Uh, but back on the Timberwolves, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched a ton. I've watched clips here and there. I thought Rudy Gobert looked much better. He's still mm-hmm. taking in my opinion, too many shots. I agree. He has looked a lot better to start this season. Um, but he he looks night and day to what he was last year. Um, has he taken any threes so far this year, like you said he was going to after the FIBA World Cup? I. How was his three-point percentage know. in FIBA? I don't know. He just was shooting them more, and there's a couple clips of him making some shots in-game. But I do remember, I don't remember who the player was, but somebody in the Timberwolves said that. Oh, that <laughs> was, uh, and, was Anthony Davis. He said he'd strangle him if he yeah. started shooting threes. Um, <laughs> let's see here. I said Anthony Davis. Anthony he Edwards. is not. He's not a okay. good one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I feel good about this team. Jaden McDaniels, who we just resigned last week uh, to an extension, um, he's not playing due to his, uh, his injury. Um, but I, I feel better about this team. I think time will tell. Uh, just getting familiar with everyone, making sure everyone knows that Ant is the guy and that it's his locker room and it's his team and he can do whatever we want and make sure Cat doesn't get in the way and he understands that. That's important. Definitely. Um, but overall, I like this team. Nas Reed is the GOAT. Nas Reed is the best player. I, I love Nas Reed. He's, he, he's he is very good off the bench. Um, also, shout out Timberwolves Brazil account uh, for their post uh, Twitter uh, you know, win. I I don't. That they're winning posts. Shout yeah. out to them if you haven't seen it. Uh, go look it up okay. on Timberwolves Brazil. Are you not allowed to say it? Oh no! Oh, it's here. just oh such a weird video. It's hilarious. Okay. It's really weird though. Um, but yeah, I, I feel yeah. I feel good about the Timberwolves. Uh, obviously, little to no ex- expectations with uh, Gobert and everything that happened after last season, but um. Yeah, and it's the second coming of uh, MJ. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say. Yeah, last uh, first two games of the year, T Wolves are second in opponents' points per game at ninety three and a half. It's really good, especially going to go up against the Heat and the Raptors. Uh, Chris, we got two minutes left. Give me a rundown of the Wild. Yeah, not good so far. Um, they have just not looked good really whatsoever. Their top line has not been good. The leading goal scorer is Ryan Hartman with six goals he scored again tonight. However, the Wild lost 4-3 in New Jersey against a very good New Jersey team. However, Kirill Kaprizov 
has just not not looked good, not like himself. Um, the team is currently sitting with three wins and six losses, um, two of those being overtime losses uh, to the Capitals, which are not a good team. We lost 6-2 to the Flyers on uh, Thursday, which, um, you know, they, they've been good so far this season, but we just can't compete. We are letting in you know, five, six goals a game. Just can't do that. Defense needs to get better. We need Matt Boldy, and we need Jared Spurgeon back. Um, but without further ado, just want to thank you guys again for listening. Uh, hope you guys have a good night, and see you next week. Thank you. Okay. Uh, now we can continue with the uh, overreactions that we have down for uh, our Spotify audience and those of you still listening on the stream. Um. Chris, I see you have a uh, T Wolves based overreaction here. I believe that was you. Oh yeah. Um. So, uh, what is your overreaction so far for the first couple um, games? Um, I think we're gonna get a top four seed in the West. Mm. That's my overreaction. Uh, sorry. I, uh, oh my god. The, the video. I'll show Braden the video. Is this the T Wolves? The T Wolves. It, it goes account. on for a minute. Uh. Okay. So for those of you listening, it is don't, a, a Timberwolf, an animation of a Timberwolf uh, eating a eating a leopard. It looks a like a leopard. But what te- what team do they play? The Heat. The Heat. Why is this? Is it a I don't leopard? know. Okay, it's, that's it's, strange. Uh, it's a very strange video. If you guys do look it up, um, but I see here, Chris, you say that the uh, T Wolves have the best defense in the league. Also, oh, I, that's I, just, wrote, um, I wrote down the this was overreactions. So. Mm-hmm. I think personally, after holding the Heat to 90 points, you know that that warrants the T Wolves having the best defense in the league so far. Even if Jimmy didn't play, and Jaden McDaniels, mm-hmm. who's possibly our best defender, has not been playing. So, okay. you know, when Chris says the overreaction, top four seed in the West, if they can figure out their offense quickly, they are going to be a really good team. Mm. With how well they've played defense, Rudy is obviously a force in the paint. That's what they need him to be. Exactly, and. This team could be really good if their system allows them to be. If players accept their roles as For well. For sure. What else uh, do we want to talk about? Today? Uh, so my uh, overreactions are uh, Wemby is the second coming of fashion icon Tim Duncan. Uh, so in the first half of a couple games that he's played, he hasn't looked great and players have exposed him a little bit. But when it comes to the second half, he's turned on the Jets and he is. Have you seen his highlights from the Rockets game? I did not. He has some disgusting dunks, and he has some awesome step backs and stuff. Let me tell you what. Uh, if you're an he, NBA player and you want Braden nobody like you, start dunking the ball. No, well, not even that. I'm just saying he he ended up with, like, 22 points and had, like, the same stat line as Tim Duncan from his, I don't know if it was second game in the league or whatever. That's awesome. But uh, the Spurs already just look more energized this year, and uh, they look like they're kind of competing for something. I don't know if it's that with drafting Wembenyama, they think they have a chance at the playoffs this year, which I don't know to be true at all. But they look just more cohesive. Devin Vassell looks really good. And then they also have uh, Tyus Jones, I believe. Trey. Trey Jones, okay. Uh, And he's looked pretty good so far through the first couple games. So I just think this team's reinvigorated. Pop feels like he's... Probably he's back in it. Yeah, he's back I, in it. He has something to coach for, trying to get Wemby to I, be this great NBA player. I just think the team has hope. They, yeah, they have yeah. a sense yeah. of direction that Wembenyama is the real deal. He is their guy. 
Mm-hmm. And in doing so, it just gives this team that much more motivation to go out there and compete, um, you know, grow, get better. Um, and, you know, Wembenyama has been nothing short, but of um, really, I, I you can't say outstanding because he hasn't been outstanding, but just energizing. Mm-hmm. He He's a freak of nature. It's, Dude, it's insane. That one blocked shot he had where, uh, I don't know if it was preseason yet, but they were playing the Warriors, yeah, I think, preseason. on Clay Thompson. Yep. And he was, his hand was so far above where the backboard would be to block that thing. It was just insane. No, it was crazy. And, you know, I, I'm excited to watch him. I, I'll be curious to see. Um, yeah, the Spurs actually it might be an exciting team to watch. That's not something you've heard in a long time. And the first, oh, what were you going to say, Chris? Uh, Sorry, I I was going to compare him to Chet Holmgren. Mm. And Chet, seven blocks the other night. Respectfully, not a big fan of his, even though even though he's from Minnesota. Um, like 10 minutes away, actually, from where I live. But uh, I, I, I'm just not a big fan of his. Mm. Um, it, I think they both have had very similar starts of defense has been very, very good. I think their position on their team is a little bit different from one another, but um, you know, I think those, it's going to come down to those two for rookie of the year. I agree. Well, also he got outplayed in his first game against the Mavericks to Derek Lively. Yeah, um, the second. So, I mean, it, it also comes with the hype. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that will keep him in the race for most of the season, if not all of the season. Wemby. Yeah, Wemby is going to win no matter what. I don't you know think? if I'd say yes. that. I, but I if, would. If they can make him an all-star, they'll make him the first rookie all-star since Blake Griffin in 08. I'd be willing to bet that if if the Spurs are competitive, Wemby doesn't get hurt this year, he's he's the rookie of the year. Mm. Uh, And then my last overreaction that I have is, and this goes back to last year and maybe even the last couple years, of Trey Young's awful shooting. People pretend like he is one of the best point guards, if not the best point guard in the league. Uh, casual fans, Hawks fans especially, the guy cannot shoot the basketball. They want to pretend that he's one of the best shooters in the league. Uh, so far this season, he shot 4 for 19 in one game, uh, and then game two, he shot 4 for 16. Uh, Trey Young is a professional free throw shooter. His numbers come from free throws. He went 14 for 15 from the charity stripe in the first game and 8 for 10 in the second game. You guys want to guess what he is so far this game? Four for twelve shooting and seven for nine from the line. So yeah. people are going to pretend that he's good. Jason Tatum, Tatum is him this year. Jason Tatum's uh, always Celtics been very good. Are him? You just don't. Yeah, yeah. Never no. Last that. year, last year he elevated to another level, and this year he's maintaining it. Where he's probably not probably he's definitely a top five player. Would you say that the predictions of everybody saying that he was going to be very good all along? Were no, correct? it was annoying when people were saying he's going to be Kobe. Because he's not Kobe, and he hasn't won a chip like yet. Kobe has in his first however many sure. years, all that stuff. Respectfully, I think, nobody will I know, ever be Kobe. But I think when analysts like to say they're the next this guy, oh, nobody's been this hyped up of a rookie since LeBron, like all this type of stuff. Like it's just, I, mean, the, I know, I, I, yeah, I know. True, I, they're just they're saying well. it because it gets clicks and it gets views. But it's just the most annoying thing because it's like, no, you saw one good game from this player and you're praising him as the next Jesus of Minnesota took care of Michigan State. Michigan State's terrible this year. 
Uh, Badgers surprisingly didn't lose to Ohio State by as much as I thought they would. It was a two-touchdown game, but it was only 24-10. to Defense looked pretty solid for the most part. Uh, Travion Henderson and Marvin Harrison Jr. were all of Ohio State's offense, and that continues to be a trend for that team. So, to me, Ohio State, obviously they're still a playoff contender, but if this game is any kind of preview for the Michigan game, Michigan's defense is better than the Badgers, and they play just as slowly, if not slower. So they risk losing a third straight year to the Wolverines, in my opinion. And if they run into any sort of team in the playoff that is like the Cincinnati team from a couple years ago, I mean, you have a player like a Sauce Gardner. I don't know who that would be in this season, but if they were, say, to play like a playoff team like that and Marvin Harrison gets locked up, they have no offense when it comes to a team with a good defense. So yeah, it goes back to what we've talked about with Kyle McCord. Mm-hmm. He's he's a placeholder for when Ohio State gets their five-star quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no disrespect to Kyle McCord, he just can't. He just hasn't been able to make plays this year. Maybe in the offseason he gets a lot better and he comes back and is really good next year, but I just don't believe that they're a playoff team. You think that the Michigan loss and lack of a Big Ten championship uh, appearance is going to keep them out of the playoff? Because it could be like last year where they lose the Michigan game and still get in as the four seed. Well, it seems like right now, and I saw Booger McFarland was talking about how Florida State should be the number two I don't mm. think that they actually will be in the in the polls' mind. I, I think this is the week where the actual it, it does playoff it comes poll out. comes out. Yep. Yeah, it actually might be tonight. Yeah, no, I, no, I Monday. It's always Monday, it's Monday, so tomorrow. Okay, so um, I'm just saying, just with how the quarterback play has been across the board this year, you see Bo Nix at Oregon after a mm, statement yeah, win yesterday. Yeah, McCord uh, threw for 226. Two touchdowns, but he also had two interceptions and a QBR of 56. Exactly. So, yeah. If I'm is... picking the team that's on the outside looking in, it's Ohio State. Yeah. I uh, I don't, I just quickly, um, I don't think Ohio State's going to be in the college football playoff. I, I could see them being Rose Bowl. I, I think. Third straight year. Rose third Bowl. straight year. But, um, well, I, I guess no, last year technically they weren't. I, I, I think it's going to be yeah, Michigan. That'd be Utah. Michigan, Georgia, Florida State, Washington. I think Michigan will be ranked number one, Georgia two when the poll comes out tomorrow. Yeah, no, I like your ranking right now. Yeah, I agree with it. Um, then one last thing, unless you wanted to talk about the Badgers a little bit more. Um, Iowa is playing Northwestern in Wrigley Field next Saturday. Mm. What is the over-under? That's going to be a discuss, Dude, the fact that, you know, usually football games – look really weird being played in baseball stadiums. This one's going to just be a disgusting-looking football game because Northwestern, they suck. Iowa's offense sucks. So it's going to be probably a 9-7 to type of game, and it's going to be just the worst game of football you have ever watched. Although I will say Northwestern's defense isn't as good as Minnesota or Wisconsin in these last couple weeks we've seen it. So Iowa could theoretically put up like 17 win 17 to 7 something like that so for reference it is the lowest over under ever oh wow, wow. really it is currently at 29 points Jeez. so it's like history premium army and navy th- I, was, I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say that's like even talking like back in the day when everybody used to run the ball 
Yep. And there would be low-scoring games. This yep. means that people thought that those teams were going to score more. Well, this could be a little different with— I know. They probably with, didn't bat back then yeah. either, but um, still. But, yeah. Uh, is that every, everything from everyone? Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anything else to say. I mean, well, U- USC is fraudulent. They almost lost again to Cal team, which we know this by this point. I, in my opinion, they're not going to beat another ranked team that they play this year. Still play Washington. Still play UCLA. Uh, and then, did you guys see this uh, Colorado State Air Force game and what happened in it? No. no I think I so, did. So, but... uh, rivalry game. These guys both play in the same their same league, and they're both in Colorado. Uh, Colorado State got a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty because their fans were throwing snowballs at the Air Force bench. <laughs> oh, I, did, I did see that. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that happen before. And uh, I just thought it was really funny that that happened. Air Force smoked them. Um, yeah, not much else to say about that game. Colorado State has some pretty cool uniforms, but I thought it was Air Force at first because they were in light blue. And I was like, "That what? Yeah. A green team wearing white blue? But um, yeah, no, Air Force continues to be my pick for the uh, group of five candidate in the uh, New Year's Six games. Um, yeah. All right. All right. One, la- today. Yeah, oh, one, one last thing. Sad uh, note. Yeah. Sad note, unfortunately. Rest in peace, Adam Johnson. Hibbing, Minnesota. Uh, played at University of Duluth. Unfortunately died in a very freak hockey accident oh, over I in saw England. This. Yeah. Very, very sad. Uh, but thoughts and prayers to his family and loved ones. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, really good show today. Yeah, um, fun today. And we will see you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys.